Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. I've just remembered Charles Leclerc crashed. I just... (laughs) Why was I giving that so much emphasis and then... Midway through that intro, I realised what happened, um, but it was for the greater good. Tom Bellingham, welcome, co-founder. Yes. How's it going, big boy? It was. How for are the... you? I mean, you, we're both hurting, I really. Know. What you you did literally do the I've won, but at what cost? Because you put the rebel hat on to jinx Verstappen because you wanted uh, them not to carry on. We even said in our quality watch along. If it just stays as it is now, this is going to be a great race. And you agreed, put the Red Bull hat on, and Leclerc put it straight in the wall. <laughs> so, well done. <laughs> yep. If you want to see those live, uh, Twitch, Matt P1, Tommy. Um, but before we get into any more, I'm going to read out a five-star review. And if you want yours to be read out, then please leave us a five-star review and tell us why you love this podcast. It helps us massively. I literally cannot understate how much it helps. Uh, this one comes in from Moles WD from, the, from Great Britain. I can't think of a better way to end a race weekend than to listen to P1. I love listening to to their honest opinions on the races, their prediction competitions, and watching Matt's reaction to the frequent Ferrari blunders. And this was made before uh, the whole Charles Leclerc thing. Uh, Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Moles. Much appreciated. Uh, And you'll enjoy this podcast more because there is another reaction to a Ferrari blunder. Fun times. Really enjoyable. Really love this. I love... I love... Formula One, I love Ferrari, and I feel like they should pay for my therapy. Yes, I can't believe it happened again. Literally the last podcast we were talking about a Charlotte Leclerc crash, and here we are again. I didn't think it would be this quick, I'm not going to lie to you, but here we are. Right, let's get into Q1, shall we? Uh, both McLarens were out. Now, I'm hurting as a Charlotte Leclerc fan, boy, if you want to call me that, I know. I have skirted around that that particular definition. Uh, but I feel like myself and McLaren fans feel very, very similar. Uh, although I feel like McLaren's expectations as fans are a lot lower than perhaps where mine are. But both of them being out in Q1, that's a stinker. Yeah, I feel like the our expectations were low, but holy F is the meme that describes <laughs> McLaren <laughs> in that session. So true. Um, yeah, both of them out. Uh, shocker. When I thought Norris was, after that last race, getting back to where where he belonged. But yeah, nightmare for nightmare for McLaren. And um, yeah, for both cars to be out and Piastri's literally on the back row. Remind, remind me who you put as your biggest good surprise mm, for this week. Yeah. Uh, it's reverse grid this weekend, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we went from the sprint shootout to reverse grids. Absolutely. Uh, Not the only surprise either in Q1. Lance Stroll in quite possibly the second or third fastest car gets knocked out in Q1. His teammate is on the front row of the grid. I know through a slight stroke of luck, but Stroll starting 18th 
Yeah. Like, That's how? actually only just processed. Like, I know Alonso's on the front row, but I kind of forgot about how bad Stroll did in that session. So that's got to be one of the biggest teammate deficits you can possibly have, really. Um, yeah, Alonso on the front row, Stroll 18th. Absolute uh, shocker. Aston Martin didn't actually look all that great in the first part, but this is the thing with Miami. The the track uh, is all about just getting the lap in when the track is as good as possible. And if you fluff it up at that end, that you're going to have a very, very bad time and Stroll had just that. Absolutely. Uh, we'll get onto Alonso's lap a little bit later. And the final driver we haven't really spoken about was Sonoda well, and Sergeant. Sergeant P20, unfortunately for him, uh, did not go well at his home Grand Prix. I, find, I found the uh, team radio slightly amusing by the fact that he almost felt like perhaps he was going to make it through and and the, uh, the engineer said, last. nope, you're last. Uh, so that was a slight shock for him. And then Sonoda, I think it was a shock as well for him to be out-qualified by Nick DeVries after everything that went on, for DeVries to be off in FP1 after about 10 minutes, uh, to then turn it around and out-qualify his teammate, not by much, but still out-qualifying him is quite bad for Yuki. Yeah, not not great at all from Yuki. Uh, just after we talk about what a great season he's having and punching above the Alpha Tauri, uh, and then has a shocker. Absolutely. Let's move to Q2 now. And the big, big thing that happened was Lewis Hamilton out and will start 13th tomorrow, unless Charles Leclerc takes 300 penalties, in which he might start 12th. But he qualified 13th behind Hulkenberg and Albon uh, in Q2 and ahead of Joe and De Vries. Um, but yeah. Again, like it was a a mediocre lap for Hamilton. He was sliding through that really tricky section before the back straight that is just the most horrendous sequence of corners for racing ever built. Um, and then, yeah, just didn't make it through. I mean, Mercedes have looked pretty shocking this weekend anyway. I know they topped FP1, but that was because they went on new softs right at the end of the session and it made, it, made them look quite good uh, when perhaps that wasn't very representative. But then we get to qualifying and they were struggling anyway. I think Russell was 10th wasn't he, he in through Q2 as well by the skin and of his scraped teeth. through yeah yeah it, weird that it was almost a carbon copy of Baku where the two Mercs were struggling massively in uh, uh in Q2 and only one of them ended up getting through last time it was Russell this time uh Hamilton's been the one that's been knocked out um and then weirdly Russell was actually sixth um <laughs> in uh in Q3 so not a bad uh, performance from him but he all he could have quite easily been out as well so um yeah mercedes having an absolute shocker i'd also say that in q2 you had alban just missing out and i felt quite bad for him because he did again an amazing job in that williams when you compare him to his teammate who's starting last uh, and then perhaps slightly disappointed for holkenberg as well he'd looked so good throughout qualifying. And I think because Hamilton was such the key focus in Q2 that perhaps Hulkenberg getting knocked out was actually sort of slipped under the radar because he'd looked good all weekend despite having that crash. Haas genuinely looked like they have pace and, and Magnussen's up in fourth. <laughs> yeah, that, I've only just really processed that now looking at, at that result that Hulkenberg should have been in the in Q3 really. Look at what Magnussen did. Um, and yeah, Haas are looking... Really, really good, but uh, it just didn't didn't happen for Hulk. It did not. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu 
14th and out-qualified by my biggest good surprise of the weekend, Valtteri Bottas, who stuck it in Q3 like the goat he is. Uh, and then, of course, De Vries that we mentioned. Um, I'm sure that will give a slight confidence boost for him, I would imagine, starting ahead of your teammate. It's not a massive performance, but I don't think there is that expectation in the Alpha Tauri to be sticking it in Q3 every week because it just isn't there on pace. But but definitely a building block, I would say, for Nick De Vries and his confidence. Yeah, he just needs a clean session, doesn't he, really? Um, and he got it. That's uh, exactly what, what he needed. And then out-qualifying your teammate is a is a bonus. So maybe it's the turnaround. We'll see. Okay, we now move to Q3. And this was the big one. Um, it started uh, with Perez going P1, uh, Verstappen making a mistake on his first run, which is something we didn't we don't tend to see all that often. Max Verstappen making mistakes in Q3 and uh, got a bit of a swapper, perhaps uh, in the same section actually as where Charlotte crashed. But we don't want to talk about it. Um, and and he managed to get the car together, but of course the the lap was ruined. Um, and then you had Alonso up in P2 on what was reported as a scrubbed or used set of tyres, which had us all thinking at that point in the session, okay, he's just uh, just under four tenths behind. Could this be the Fernando Alonso dream? But I think everyone, including you and I, Tommy, would have taken that result there and then without anyone else having a lap. So Fernando starts on the front row. Yeah, it's um, it's impressive stuff from Fernando to be starting P2. Uh, and. Yeah, Perez, Perez in P1, Verstappen all the way down in P9. Um, look, I've said it, said it before, and I say it again. This Rosberg Championship, all the hallmarks are happening. The the mistakes, you know, Verstappen's made a mistake at the end of the day, which is his fault. So he's put himself in that position. But then, of all the times there to be a red flag, um, he didn't get his lap in. Maybe this is the biggest reach. Ever, I don't know why they didn't restart the session because there would have technically been time to go around again. But I guess you'd have it to absolutely have fly absolute around. Verstappen would, yeah, you'd only have got one car, so I guess it'd have all raced out the pit lane, and it wouldn't yeah. have been um, wouldn't have been possible. So, um, yeah, we, in a weird way, we got what we wanted because we wanted that order because what an order it is. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by Tennis Channel Plus. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated French Open in years. 
Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May the 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Absolutely. Uh, so, of course, I'm kind of skirting around it, but yep, red flag because Charles Leclerc pinned it on his final quality lap after making a mistake as well on his first run yeah. in Q3 as well. And I am struggling to defend him this weekend. Um, mm. Been a little bit crash happy uh, in the past few weekends. Um, I, it, I, I'm still kind of trying to process what's going on really with him as to, because I, I wouldn't say he's pushing too hard because signs is necessarily getting the upper hand of, uh, over him this year because he hasn't not until this weekend has signs looked good. Perhaps it's just a, an element of the fact that Ferrari aren't anywhere near Red Bull and he, and he has to do these absolutely sensational laps in order to get anywhere near the front. And maybe that is what Charles, unfortunately at this point in his career has to do and will do is, all right, you're going to see some blistering quality laps, but sometimes he's going to bin it as well. Uh, it's, it's hard to kind of work out exactly what's what's going on at the moment. I've read a few things before that uh, Charles Leclerc's driving style is like his own worst enemy and his you know biggest like praise as well at the same time because uh, the unique style that he has, I think he's on the edge all the time, and that's why he is you know a qualifying master, but also at the same time can bin it in the wall uh and yeah it's a difficult one because uh i've been i'm not the charles leclerc fanboy of this podcast but i have uh are you not no i'm not uh but i have defended him uh a lot saying that i think his reputation of being a crash happy driver is unfair but uh when he's done it twice in two days um it's not a great look twice in two days Twice back-to-back qualifying sessions as well. Uh, if yes, you think of Baku yeah. as well, um, where he he had his front wing off. Um, yeah, I, it's one of those where I don't think, for example, George Russell is a terrible wheel-to-wheel racer. I think he's actually quite brilliant. But he had a period of time where he was crashing into everybody, and then social media was like, George Russell just crashes into people, and that's it. He is crash happy. That's it. Look, here's a compilation. He is now crash happy. I think it's going to be a similar thing if Charles Leclerc has one or two more mistakes. That is what people are going to label him. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I still think he's incredibly talented. But at the same time, maybe there needs to be that element of reining it back in slightly in quali to ensure that he does make it to the end or of qualifying, especially if you're off the back of making a mistake last time in Baku and and so on but yeah I, I can't really defend him because it is a big error it might also result in a gearbox penalty he may well end up starting from the pit lane so, so he can take a few more parts because of course he is running out of parts and has run out of some parts already so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts from the back of the grid slash pit lane um, tomorrow and 
yeah, Science has had the upper hand of him as well this weekend, I would say. So it's uh, not been a good weekend. No, Glad credit- you put him as pole, mate. Thanks. <laughs> credit to Science, actually. He has um, has been on it uh, this weekend. He's looked a lot closer to, to Charles Leclerc. Uh, didn't quite make the front row because of Alonso's worldy lap. But um, yeah, uh, I'm very. it's going to be interesting to see where Charles starts the race from, maybe even at the back. And that just is another driver that we're going to get to see come through the field. After we did that, <laughs> we did that whole podcast about overtaking will be impossible. Well, now is the big test because we've got <laughs> great, really exciting drivers at the back of the grid. Yeah, and I think that, in a sense, it's like when you have uh, Monaco qualifying jumbled up, you know overtaking is going to be incredibly difficult. So it it makes the spectacle even bigger in, in some ways because if Perez does get jumped or if Perez has a problem, it is an all-out war as to who wins that race, really, because we, we spoke about it in our video yesterday, the, the fact that the racing line is very much the only grippy part of the circuit. Anywhere else offline is very difficult. We saw so many times last year into that final left-hand hairpin, drivers going offline to try and outbreak them and then just going to Narnia and just could not stop the car. I think we're going to see a lot of that again tomorrow. Hopefully that doesn't breed a, a terrible race where Perez wins by a minute. But at the same time, it's going to be fascinating because you've got Alonso on the front row. You've got Magnussen in fourth. Like, what is he doing there? Gasly's fifth in the Alpine. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. And then, of course, you've got Verstappen in ninth, Leclerc seventh, Hamilton 13th, Stroll down in 18th. It is going to put the, the theory to the test. I do think they are going to struggle a lot. It's just picking your moments and I think we could see a few mistakes tomorrow uh, with drivers potentially DNFing. I can't believe after a sort of uh, mentioning that it wasn't a good thing that you have this dirty offline because the drivers won't really make that many mistakes. And boy, did we see it in that quality session. It's actually provided a very entertaining grid. Um, now we just need the race to deliver. And what I will say is that Friday's podcast and video, um, if Alonso takes the lead, uh, please disregard everything I said about the short DRS zone being terrible and the fact that you can't overtake offline because give me an Alonso train uh, for the rest of the race if he takes the lead. <laughs> I did notice you put up a petition on the UK uh, government website around um, actually removing DRS completely uh, for this weekend uh, because um, that would might that might help. You've already envisioned Alonso taking the lead into turn one. <laughs> Get rid of DRS. Let's have a bit of rain. Rain is another thing that could happen tomorrow. There is a chance of rain, which will just cause even more chaos because it'll even be it will be even more difficult to overtake offline. So. I don't actually know what is going to come tomorrow. And I really hope, because I've I said this on the Twitch watch along uh, that we did, that expectations were through the floor and we had an amazing qualifying because of Leclerc's mistake, right? Now we have to manage our expectations going into tomorrow to not think this is going to be the greatest race since sliced bread because it could easily be terrible. Verstappen stays out forever, overcuts everyone and then gets up to P2. Yeah, finishes second quite easily. Yeah, no. Some uh, dare, I'm I'm doing everything to manifest a jinx here because we've already been moaning about how it's going to be a boring race and we've got a great quality and it's all set up. But I don't want to count our chickens just yet because you never know. Some sometimes when we have this amazing grid, it doesn't quite work out how we want it to. So I really hope we're wrong 
uh, and it's it's a banger because uh, we deserve one as F1 fans, don't we? We do. We need to eat. We are starving right now for a good race. Um, now, now, one final thing we need to explore is who is going to win. I think the bookies' favourite is going to be Perez that just drives off into the distance. Thank you very much. Verstappen has to get through Ocon, Leclerc, Russell, Gasly, Magnussen, Sainz and Alonso before he can then charge down on Perez. And fair to say when Verstappen gets through and gets up to second, there is no guarantee that he's going to be quicker than Perez and can pass him anyway. So I think it is absolutely odds on that Perez wins. However, if Alonso sends a little cheeky dive bomb into turn one and takes the lead, I think it's it's game on. Because if overtaking is as difficult as we think it might be, then it might not be as easy for Checo as as perhaps it would be on other tracks. I'm really hoping that that... Uh, I, yeah, they should have made the DRS in shorter, shouldn't they? Let's be honest. Um <laughs> I can see you. If you were in Miami, you would have a bucket of water just to get DRS disabled. Uh, You'd be chucking it on the track. I know. I can't believe it that that was there complaining about the DRS being too long. But people said that the DRS uh, shortening could actually be a way for them to slow down Red Bull because we know how unbelievable their super DRS is and they just fly past people in the straight. Now, we've seen even without DRS, they're incredibly quick. Uh, and if Alonso does take the lead, he's gonna, he's, he's definitely gonna have, um, you know, he's gonna struggle to keep Perez behind him. But you never know. Uh, and I Alonso's think, good in his tyres as well. The Aston's very good with tyre deg. He is exactly. So look, we've got we've got strategy. We've we've got mistakes as well. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it only takes Perez running a little bit wide on the first lap, and he could drop down three or four positions. Uh, oh. Equally, Verstappen's. Oh God! Verstappen's right in the danger zone. He's got his best friend Esteban Ocon alongside him. So, like, who knows what's going to happen right, there? Let's let's have a bit of fun. Let's take out Perez and Verstappen from the grid right now. Let's say they double DNF or something. Who wins out of that grid? Alonso, surely. It's got to be a Fernando win. Come on, <laughs> please. <laughs> you <are> so <laughs> you are you're almost as bad. I'm as lighting I am every Leclerc. candle tonight for Fernando. Yeah. Oh, my goodness me. Uh, yeah, I cannot wait. It's going to be amazing. Okay, Tommy, what are your final thoughts, sir? Uh, my final thoughts are that I still can't quite believe that Kevin Magnuson is fourth, and it's almost like not 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 a talking point, but because there's so much other crazy stuff going on in the grid, I think a normal boring grid, that would be like the biggest story ever and we'd make a whole video dedicated to it and it'd be the most insane thing. Can Kevin Magnussen win the Miami Grand Prix? But actually it's just like, oh wow, K-Mag's fourth. That's mad. Um, Yeah, just please be a banger. Please be a banger. But fair play, like K-Mag did an amazing lap as well. It's not like it was just pure luck. Like he popped in a banger. And then, and then the session was stopped. So fair play to him. Uh, my final thoughts are, please, I'm just going to maintain my expectations at a level with which it's still through the floor, hopefully. And then we can be pleasantly surprised when we go lights out tomorrow at 8.30 UK time, I think it is. Uh, I hope which I get the time really right confusing. this time. All the times are very confusing <laughs> this weekend. Uh, but anyway... We'll see you very soon for another podcast video and so on. We've got lots to come. We've still got loads more races in the coming weeks. Please follow us on everywhere and we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye.